It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I am joined by the lovely Sarah Din, VP of Product Marketing at Unbabel. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Emma. Nice to be here and talk to you. Yes, it's wonderful. And if, if anyone's wondering why Sarah looks so glowing and happy and relaxed, it's because she's calling in from Playa del Carmen, uh, where she's been traveling around Mexico for the past few months. And uh, I'm super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's um, especially because I'm in San Francisco typically, and right now it's raining there. So that's what all my friends tell me constantly. Is that yes, <laughs> yeah, making everyone jealous in the Bay. Well, uh, I am so excited to chat with you because I've seen some of your talks before around how to approach messaging. You've got wonderful insight into research and process and, you know, the reality of um, pushing through a new messaging strategy in an organization. So I'd love to just get straight into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is like the biggest challenge that product marketers are facing when it comes time to creating a kick-ass messaging strategy at your company? Yeah. I think the biggest challenge when it comes to messaging is really getting consensus on what good messaging is. Um, Doesn't really matter if you're at a startup or a company that's been around forever and you're sort of redoing the messaging strategy. At the end of the day, messaging is one of those crafts like design that tends to be very subjective, right? So everyone almost always has an opinion on what sounds good, how to talk about a product or a company, right? Um, And even more at startups, I feel that's a bigger issue sometimes because especially founder-led startups who kind of have been thinking and breathing this world and it's their baby, right? Um, They can often have very strong opinions on how to talk about the company. So that can be, as, as a person coming in, trying to make that shift or change that, Um, It can be very difficult to navigate sometimes and getting consensus with the leadership team can also be very difficult because, again, you can have a variety of opinions. Your CRO might have a very different perspective than your CEO or CTO. So, again, the, the subjective nature of it makes it pretty challenging sometimes. Yeah, so... Exactly. Everyone, um, anyone who can type is able to craft messaging, right? Um, everyone has strong opinions. Everyone cares, um, especially the leadership, uh, you know, side of things. So how, what are some ways that you can kind of overcome that subjectivity or try and rally different stakeholders around a direction? Yeah. And in my experience, one of the things that you can really do is use data to your advantage, right? Um, a lot of times, you can kind of, it's easy to go into a bubble and just kind of shut off your calendar and take two days and just write messaging and come out and be like, this is perfect. Let's, let's roll this out, right? I've done that a few times. <laughs> and sometimes you need to. And it's <laughs> Joking. <fine. laughs> but, 
you know, if you're really putting the effort into it, you're likely going into this process with some research and gathering data throughout and doing things like A-B testing, right? So it's really, really important to make sure that you are doing that research throughout the process before and after and then testing things because then the data that you gather from that can be really, really helpful in kind of taking that when you're presenting this um, new messaging to the leadership team to explain why you're making certain decisions and where, where the logic comes from. Um, you also want to make sure that you have a mix of both quantitative and qualitative data because, again, messaging is emotional. So while there are certain things you can A-B test in terms of like word A versus word B, what resonates best with your audience, it also really, really helps to do qualitative in-depth interviews with people that you are trying to target and kind of seeing their emotional reaction to the messaging and then taking that back and showing it to your leadership team of here's what customers actually have to say. And I've seen that have such a major impact on, you know, driving consensus across a very difficult team sometimes. So data-driven approach is always the best. Right. It's like you can't argue with data. Exactly. <laughs> what are you data going to say to that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you mentioned A-B testing. And that is really, that is like kind of looking through, uh, you know, a microscope and you're choosing this word or that, or, or this mm -hmm. value proposition or this. Do you think that there is a misconception around what A-B testing can do in terms of providing data on a messaging strategy? I think there can be if people only do A-B testing, right? because that's not enough, right? So like I mentioned, you want to do a mix of qualitative and quantitative interviews and, re and research to gather all kinds of data, but also A-B testing alone isn't enough. It can be very useful and effective at the granular level. So right. if there is um, if there is a discussion around a certain use of a certain word, A-B testing is great. You just use something like an SEM ad, which could be quick and fast and run two versions and test out which does well. But you also want to make sure that you're testing across different channels as well. So not just A-B testing in a certain channel and expecting that that will translate into every single channel. It's really, really important to also do a mix with whether it's email, social, uh, display ads, or um, through like a, running a pilot with your sales team, if you are a sales-led organization on the actual pitch um, or actually running a concept test. So I do a mix of those things and then concept test, which is a kind of a market research where you can test the same or two different or three different messages with the same audience and that you can cut that sort of message into different bits and pieces and get reaction to how unique it is, how believable it is, how um, does it drive them to look for more information? So that can be a really in-depth way of doing A-B testing, but it's more like testing a concept, not just A-B testing. Right. I love this, all these different channels, like not just, yeah, running like an SEM ad and just calling it good or just yeah. your value proposition, just really trying different channels. What's your personal favorite method? Like, where do you love, where do you, where have you routinely gotten just amazing insight, like in your own personal experience? I mean, I, so my background is I used to work at SurveyMonkey. And so, you know, <laughs> I come from the research world. So my immediate go-to is sort of running surveys and doing uh, market research, concept testing. I love running concept tests. 
And um, just the kind of insight that you get, it's so interesting because oftentimes you also have assumptions on what yeah. will work best. And then you see it either, you, you know, it validates it or it's completely different. And you're like, wow, I never thought that would be the result. So I just love doing that. It's always a surprise. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, I can't believe that's the one they chose. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any <laughs> <never> sense. Know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think probably the more research that you do, the less, um, the more humble you are in creating messaging and realizing that, you know, the perfect answer isn't necessarily the first thing that comes out of your mind, right? Oh, 100%. Another thing, when it comes to research, people don't traditionally think of this as research as well. But I also um, like to work closely with analysts on sort of, you know, um, getting their reaction to your messaging as well. And, you know, they're kind of out there in, you know, talking to a bunch of your competitors, but also your prospects and customers. So they have a really good understanding of the market. And through this process, I also always if try to like talk to Gartner or Forrester or whoever you're working with in your space. Um, that can be really effective as well. That is so cool. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. All right. I just, I absolutely am obsessed with your research background and like all your techniques and tips that you're sharing. It's incredible. I mean, out of all the things you've learned in your career and all these, you know, techniques you've tried, I mean, what is the best thing you've ever learned? Like when it comes to messaging, what's the best thing? Yeah, I think there's two things that I can talk about that I feel um, you only learn from experience. <laughs> One is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's really easy to kind of go into a bubble, just sit down and write messaging for two days. And, and you know, it's not hard to do, right? It's just writing. But it's really important to have structure and have a clear process outlined before you even start the process. And that includes things like having the right templates because otherwise it can become such a long process if you don't have the right structure in place. And what that is important for even more so is, you know, oftentimes when we think of messaging and PMMs are obviously always talking about being customer centric, which is really, really important. Of course, that's like a huge part of what you do. But oftentimes what we don't talk about enough is your internal stakeholders. Um, because messaging will never be effective if not everyone in your organization is one bought in, two is saying the same thing consistently, right? So in order for you to effectively roll out messaging, you have to make sure that everyone across your organization is sort of bought into it. And so having the right structure in place makes sure that you are sort of bringing them along through the journey. And so what I usually do is make sure that, you know, as I'm doing research, for instance, not waiting until the end when everything's perfectly packaged and approved, you're like, here, I just launched messaging, right? You don't want to do that. That is not, nobody's going to love that, right? So, I mean, obviously, first of all, you should make sure you're getting their feedback to begin with. But at the same time, I like to share the insights that I'm getting throughout the process with the teams, your customer facing teams, your product teams, because one, it's interesting for them. They don't always get to do this or be part of this process. And two, um, it, they can apply it to their own roles in some way, right? And 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 the end of the day, they'll care more about what you're rolling out when you do roll it out and be champions of it. So I think that's really, really important. I love you. I love everything you're saying, eating it up. I think it's that inclusiveness is so important because it's something when I run messaging engagements with teams, alignment is a big piece of it. And the key is bring people on the journey, have voices be heard, let everyone be like play a role, be a part of it, get excited about it and feel included. And that's going to take a lot of the friction 
out of the end, right? People just want to be, you know, involved. And so I love this idea of regularly kind of sharing insights, things you're learning as you go, because it is useful for the other teams to learn that Mm -hmm. stuff. So that is super cool. And, you know, you remind me of something that you mentioned, you talked about product marketing it's being very cross-functional and being something like it's an, you're orchestrating many things. And you said, you know, it's not just about serving customers and helping them, but it's also that getting internal teams rallied around mm-hmm. like the strategy and the story. Do you think that, do people commonly realize that PMMs are, that's a huge part of the job? No, because I, don't, I don't actually hear a lot of PMMs talk about that part of product marketing. And I think I think about it more so because I've worked at companies where I've come in at a time where there wasn't a lot of structure of what product marketing means to that organization. So I really had to set that up and educate everyone and kind of create the process. But in that, I realized that like, that's actually a huge, huge part of your job that you forget. You just tend to kind of take that as a given, right? Like it's just part of what you do. But out of all the functions in an organization, there aren't many that are like product marketing. One, it sort of evolves as the company evolves. So there's never a clear sort of job description per se, right? Like it, sh- it changes and that's why I like it. But yeah. at the same time, it is one of those functions that brings everyone together internally and to rally around a mission or a strategy. And like I said, it's kind of like conducting an orchestra. Like when, even when you think about product launches, that really is what it is. Like you have to coordinate so many different teams and bits and pieces you have to be super organized to make sure everything runs smoothly and so that's the beauty of product marketing and that's what I love about it the most that there is a whole internal piece to it that not a lot of other functions kind of own yeah I mean it's it's true right you say we just accept it's part of the job and you have to do it but it's kind of the biggest part of the job because as you said before if if not everyone is on board with using this this language it's not going to happen so I think we need to start getting it out there like this is a part of the product marketers (laughs) world and it's damn important right (laughs) (laughs) so important um so we've got time for just one quick thing you shared a really great uh tip around writing and a kind of a quick way to sort of sense check. Could you just um, share that with, with yeah. everyone? It's something that I think I've started to do more recently because I realized it uh, in all the times that I've kind of done messaging is that writing is different than speaking, right? When you write, you often sort of write with the voice in your head. And sometimes it sounds very beautiful when you create these sophisticated sort of sentences. And then when you try to actually speak them, it doesn't make sense. It sounds like gibberish. And so what I've started to do with messaging is to pressure test it by actually speaking it out loud. Because at the end of the day, messaging is not just always written, right? Like you think messaging, you think website or written content, but a huge part of it is actually rolling it out to your sales team. And they're speaking on phones or on Zoom today, like, you know, having real conversations with real people. And so it needs to be simple enough that they can say it in a conversational way and that it makes sense. So I always now pressure check what I write by speaking it out loud. And sometimes you really realize that you write very differently than you speak. It's interesting. You should try that. It's very, very interesting to do. Yeah, I love that. And you bring up a really good point that a lot of messaging is meant to be spoken. And we do think, we think landing 
page, website, like ad copy. And I do too. And you're talking about salespeople. It's got to sound, sound right. So I love that. I think one of my favorite writing tips that I talk to people about that I do for myself is actually writing like I speak. Mm-hmm. which is kind of the same thing, just like in reverse, <laughs> but yeah, I sort of had to, actually, yeah, sometimes. you kind of have to untrain that part of your brain from school where your exposition, introductory paragraph, mm-hmm. like compound sentences, you sort of have to like unlearn that and then go back to just how do I say this in a clear, straightforward way? Yeah. Um, so Sarah, you're a friggin' rock star. I <laughs> think you. I could talk to you for two hours about <laughs> all the knowledge you have about messaging Um, but you shared quite a bit in just a short amount of time. So thank you so much um, for being on the show. Thank you. I I love talking about messaging. So anytime. Yeah. And please soak up some rays in Mexico for me because I need them in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.